The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And welcome to a brand new episode of the panel discussion. You're going for comic book and pop culture talk every single week right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts and alongside with me, as always, Schmitty is here, uh, one one week out from uh, heading to the magical place on Earth. The happiest I, place on Earth, they say. Allegedly. That's what they say. They I'm excited this. for you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a good time. So next week, we'll, at this time, I will be... In the Magic Kingdom. Eating a turkey leg. I hope so. Those things are so messy. Oh, yeah. There's just grease everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember I was so excited to try my first one, and I ended up throwing like most of it on the, just the ground. because Some like, of it, I wonder if it's even like turkey, because it's it's not white. It's like pink. <laughs> Is it just the way they smoke it, or are they just fucking giving me a pork leg? I... Because I don't dig mm. on swine, as, as <laughs> Jules would say. Yeah. I, Unless it is one charming. It wouldn't surprise me if Disney had some kind of artificial like thingamajig going. Yeah. With that thing. It would it not surprise even me. Taste, like the consistency doesn't even seem like turkey. Now I my taste good ugh, my taste buds could be misremembering. But I I don't I don't know if that's tur- turkey or pork or what. It seems too slippery to be turkey. Yeah. I don't know. I'll I agree. You know. It's a little it's a little greasy. Yeah. Little so greasy. I definitely gotta get one and slobber it while I walk around. Being a big fat American, oh, of course, America. <laughs> um, so we have a, I guess, a light, a relatively light news week this week. Yeah, it's kind of slow. I mean, there, there was, there was some stuff going on. Um, I've kind of haven't done a lot of my due diligence on my normal stuff just because I've been getting ready for the trip down. Of course, um, but um, just the, the one comic that came out last week that I was stoked for was the fourth Last Ronin uh, Ninja Turtle comic. So that hit. What'd you think? Uh, I'm not going to go into it too much, but in previous recordings, I've kind of said that I feel it's fallen short because it, uh, like the, the, obviously we know the turtles are dead. Right. Like that's no secret. Like the first episode, it's like, that's the last run. It's the last turtle. We know that the others have perished and died, but the way they die just seems so anticlimactic. And when I was reading this fourth issue, like, I don't know why it clicked, but I just felt like I just had fucking Rain Johnson in the back of my mind just going, yeah, subvert expectations, subvert this, subvert that. Man babies. Like, you want this? That would, no, you get this. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like, (laughs) like there's a buildup, like the, the, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it's not doing it for me. I mean, the artwork's great. Um... The dialogue in most cases is okay. I don't know. Like, it just seems like... It, I think it, they overhyped it. They, I mean, they were praising this as, like... Uh, um, Like, what is it? Batman's... It was supposed to be dark. I mean, I remember how much they were, hype they were comparing you were putting to, like, the, the last... Uh, not not Killing Joke, but the one Batman. The the Dark Knight. Yes. They were comparing... This, this is, like, the Ninja Turtles... 
version of Batman's Dark Knight. I gotcha. And it's like that's some that's some big shoes to fill. Huge shoes. Yeah. So that's been my main thing. Is it's like everyone like who has died. It's been like it's been like if you were watching a James Bond movie and he's running away from a hail of bullets, just one of them got him. <laughs> and that's the end of James Bond. <laughs> that's that's very yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. Like, Raph was really the only one in the second issue that had kind of like a, a a badass death you'd expect for a Ninja Turtle character. Right. And the other ones is like, explosions. <laughs> so I've read, the, I've read the third one on, so I guess I can spoil that one. But yeah, they, like, Leonardo and Casey Jones just died in an explosion. It's like, uh, okay. Right. You think there'd like, be something like a little bit more like personal. Like you want to like when you see a character die in a comic book, you want to be emotionally attached to yeah, it. Like, oh, the, like the deaths are they just seem very just like eh. Like realistic, yeah, cuz not like but this is a comic book. I don't want realism. I want fucking fantasy. Right. So like this last issue, again, I don't think I'm spoiling anything because each issue you know that certain characters are going to die. Put it right on the cover. So this last issue you see, you know, a bow staff and the snow, and you see the like the splinters ancient textbook sitting in the snow with blood around it. So you know, like, like yeah, Donnie and Splinter are biting it They're on gone. this one. But like the way they go is just like okay, like you, you walked into a a meeting that you didn't think was going to go your way, and oh, it didn't go your way, and <laughs> you said you were prepared, but you really weren't. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, that's that's hard. It, it's I, I don't know. Do, I mean, do comic books as a whole just kind of lack like emotion now, like to the storytelling? No, uh, for I've, you? I've read some other ones that have really had a, a good punch. Like I loved the uh, the three Jokers, yeah, arc that they did. Um, I'm digging the Batman '89 that they're doing right now. Right. Um, on the Marvel end, uh, it's kind of been hit or miss with with certain stuff, but. Right. The the Ninja Turtles IDW stuff I really enjoy. Like they flesh out their characters, they give them good arcs, they give them good. If they do kill them off, they give them good deaths, meaningful deaths. They reference those deaths in, in later issues. Um, I mean, that's an ongoing series that they're. I mean, if you include all their micro macro series and offshoots, it's well over two hundred issues. Um, so that's a great series. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm expecting too much or what. Right. Which could be. You know, this was the be-all, end-all for the Ninja Turtles, but it was just kind of like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, it's 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 hard. It's difficult. Yeah, it, like you said, but you want you expect big deaths, like tragic deaths, like, and these are big-time characters too. And oh it's, yeah, just kind of write them off like subtly. It's it's, yeah. it's it's. And I mean, for for me especially, like, that's. That was my introduction to the comic world was the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The cartoon show first and then thereafter. So, I don't know. Um, but other than that, I mean, uh, we had some, obviously, Disney Plus stuff hit. Um, new episode of What If. Uh, this one was another kind of like, eh, for me. Wait, which I don't one? mean to be a Debbie Downer. But no, this it's one was okay. Like, this one was like, uh, so the premise was like, if Thor All was the an party. only child. Yeah. So, like, he comes to Earth, and I'm expected to believe that he parties so hardy that he destroys the planet. He just keeps partying, so he just destroys the planet. 
I know that's been. I think it's a plot in like a Rick and Morty episode. It, yeah, it sounds about right. Where it's like they just they partied so much that they deplete all the resources in the world over time, and they destroy the world <laughs> that they go to and party at. And like the fact, like Loki not being his actual brother had very little to know. Like they were still friends. So like, yeah, we're buddies. Oh, they still found. They still found each other. Yeah, yeah. And there were, like, so many, like, little odd, weird cameos, like, Thor is just partying on Earth, and you'd see, like, you'd see, uh, like, Mantis just in the background. You saw Drax in the background. On Earth. Yeah. It's just a big rave scene. Grandmaster's there, where he's just, uh, he's, like, doing the DJ thing, and he's, like, released the foam, and the foam comes down, and everybody's they sh- partying. They put that clip, and I'm just, I'm like, it just seems, yeah, it, it I have not like not just based on what you told me, but I'm looking at the, some of the content of these episodes. You know, the the title. I'm just like, this isn't hooking me at all. Yeah, like there, there's if I like again, I've said it multiple times. I love the what if comic books. I love what I love what if scenarios, but I, I don't know what their audience is. Yeah, but like the fact, like Thor, the the title of the episode is "What if Thor was an only child." And he's just, like, it really had no bearing on what happened after that. Like, it's not like you would think, okay, Loki and him had more of an anim, anim- like, like, more animosity, more of a, like, they're the, the you know, the, the Odin's son versus Laufey's son. Like, right. they're direct clash. But no, apparently that they've always been friends with the Frost Giants. Like, how does that even play, like? It doesn't make sense. No. Like, Not even in the slightest. I don't get it. And then, like, yeah, it, like all the other episodes, it feels like the like the what if comics. They were always great because it was like super basic. What if Wolverine was in the Fantastic Four? Right. You don't show how he got there. He's just there. You just elaborate. And then something it. else happened. Right. That's why I feel like the second episode with um, T'Challa being Star Lord was cool because we didn't see him like becoming Star Lord. He was just Star Lord, right? And you saw kind of what would follow after that. Where this one, it's like that doesn't have any effect on the rest of the story. And I feel a lot of the other titles have been the same way. Like the first episode, that wasn't what if Peggy Carter got the superhero. It was like it, it was what if Peggy stayed and she watched this procedure. <laughs> then this would happen, and that like that has very little bearing. On, that's a, that's not a title that's going to sell a comic book. What if Peggy Carter stayed and watched Steve Rogers get injected with the superhero soldier serum? That's a lot of words to fit on a comic that's book. That's a cover. lot of words. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't sell. Like it's got to be very bare. Like it's, it's basic. It's simple. Yeah. Like this this upcoming one though. This upcoming episode does intrigue me a little bit. Um, I don't know if you see it, but if it was like, what if Ultron had one? Yeah, they did a. At the end of this episode, the, the cliffhanger trailer. was they showed this ship land and, like, it was a Ultron Vision hybrid with yeah. the Infinity Stones right. that got off. So, and it was like, all right, I'm here to straighten things out. Right. Which is pretty, you know, I mean, that that's like intri- that's like stuff that I think matters. Like, that's stuff, like, I, I'm legit curious if a lot of, like, these villains, like, win. Yeah. Like like I said, if you actually like base it off of the MCU timeline, I said this last week. If you base it off stuff in the in the MCU timeline that are like, 
important stuff. Like, yeah, Ultron winning is a you know is an intriguing thing because yeah. of his philosophy on how um, Earth should be dealt with. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of he gets his way with you know having Vision becoming, you know, his mind being put into Vision's body, and, and all that stuff. That's that stuff's interesting to me. But some of these what ifs are just so out there. I legit feel like they're just throwing darts at a wall for some of these what if topics. Yeah, I mean the other one, like, how how strange is it to be? What if Killamonger saved Tony Stark? Yeah, what? Too many, you know. Again, I, I think we said it last week, but too many dots like connecting for this. And yeah, it just, it's just so like it's it doesn't. It'd it, be one thing if Tony Stark died at that point, but he didn't. Right, like he still survived. He still would have been saved. You know. Fair say he just wouldn't have become Iron Man, right? The title could have been "What if Tony Stark didn't become Iron Man?" Yeah. And like everything else could have just followed suit. I could legit go through every single MCU movie and pick a "What if" moment from. Oh, it. for sure, yeah. That's, you know, that's... What, if, what if the Avengers never came together? Yeah, Lo- I like that episode with Yellow Jacket taking them all out. I thought that that was one. Of oh my... yeah, selling the suits yeah. and all that stuff. Like, give it, like, an alternative thing where the bad guy wins. That's, mm-hmm. like, the stuff that I want to see. Yeah. Every single MCU film has that, has that has that ability. You know, what if Star-Lord does, you know, join with Ego or, or you yeah. know, not that exact title, but, you know, he, he kind of falls for what happens. Like, that stuff that they should be doing what if side. Not, like, let's just, the, you, you watch South Park. The the seals with the idea balls like that's what I manatees yeah manatees yes, that's what the, it is that's the how Family Guy creator <laughs> yes. Seth MacFarlane got his ideas the the manatees with the, the idea. idea balls and they just push them and then that's how they formulate their jokes <laughs> and once you've seen that you can't unsee it and you're like wow these jokes aren't really that funny I that I stopped watching Family Guy because that episode yeah it's literally because every time I would watch one. I'd see the cutaway gags. I'm like, that's just that has no fucking merit on the plot of this episode. You just threw something random in there. Remember this? Remember that? Remember doing this? No. Well, now it is. <laughs> it's funny. But I don't remember Tony Danza riding piggyback ride on um, the guy from Treasure Island. <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> we made it work. Yeah. But that's that's how the what is feel like. And it's it's you know if you are enjoying them, good on you. We're not trying to tell you. You know what to like, what to dislike, anything like that. Yeah, but uh, just—I don't hate them. They're just not—I don't look forward to them. Right. Like I watch them when they're on. I'm like, okay, here it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Put them on while I'm trying not to suffer to death on the ellipticals. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, all right. So you know, like I said, there's a lot of we had a lot of stuff going on, or not not a huge newsworthy week. We did get to a sneak peek at Venom. Yep. This this past weekend. Um, the I do guys start off by saying this carnage is terrifying. Looks great. It should be terrifying. He, he's a serial killer, sociopathic yeah. serial killer. I'm just like I'm just more so on the on the level of detail that carnage like looks like the way that carnage looks. Like I've I used to have like I remember like growing up I used to have nightmares that like carnage like cause that that cover for Maximum Carnage the video game scared the crap out of me. Yeah, because he was lanky. Yeah, and, and I always had like these. I always had these nightmares that, that wherever I went, like Carnage would like follow me, like break into the house and like like just scare the crap out of me. And I'm kind of reliving those. Um, you know, I'm kind of reliving that seeing what Carnage looks like in this movie. Yeah, it, it's crazy with all the the the, the spikes and and all that. It just and the teeth. Like I just feel like this is 
probably the scariest looking Marvel villain I've ever seen in my life. Are you a little bummed that it is a thirteen? Like, would would you have been like, man, if they would have just done our? <sighs> I I think it would have worked. And I have a feeling I know how. I, I I don't know exactly how this is going to end, but um, you know it. it I worry that this is going to be like a one-off thing. We're never going to see it. But uh, rated R, I think you like with Car- like Carnage, like with Logan, like with a, with certain MC Deadpool. Yeah, you have to have that level of violence. Yeah, you do. Not only for the character, but just to differentiate it from everything else you're doing. If you keep churning out these PG thirteen cookie cutter movies in your franchise, I feel like it kind of pigeonholes them creatively. Right. I wouldn't even mind if they did like a G movie now and again that fits into the Marvel universe somehow, some way. Yeah, right? You know? Like Mix there was speculation, up. like when Big Hero Six was announced, that that was going to be part of the MCU, right? Because it's a Marvel property. I'm like, oh, that would have been interesting if they made like this G rated little kitty hero team, but it's still in the wider MCU. You don't have to have like super connected, but just like little, like little minute details, kind of like how they. When they first released the Netflix shows, like they just had like little subtle nods that, like, oh yeah, okay, it's connected here, right? So, yeah, no, it's yeah, mix it up. I'm cool with it. Like I said, it's based on our you know our little spoiler talk last week. I feel like it, you know. I wonder if that deterred them from going for an R. Well, I. Am I Which spo- I feel am I, like. Am I spoiling this by acknowledging, you know, well, explain what we like talked if, about? I feel like if. Because, right, Deadpool's if, getting the R. Yeah. but And they're releasing that under a different banner. Oh, yeah. They're not releasing it under the MCU banner. Oh, they're not? No. I thought it was supposed to be. It's going to be, like, loosely connected. It's not going to have, like, the Disney logo with the MCU uh, in front I of see. it. Kind of like how Disney, back in the day, they had, like, Touchstone. Right, and right, they right. They had, right. like, I think Dimensions was on. No, maybe not Dimension, but they had a few other. Um, labels that were under the Disney banner that they specifically had that they could release R-rated movies and it wouldn't tarnish the Disney brand. I gotcha. I gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, I, yeah. Um. So they probably did deter it a little bit. They probably yeah. did deter it. But I am excited. It comes out Thursday, which is the day this episode is going to release. And uh, hopefully I get a chance to go see it this weekend. Yeah. I, I don't know when I'm... Because we're, we're leaving on the 1st, so there's no way... I can see it on the first, but oh, maybe I could sneak out for a late night showing on Thursday. Who knows? Maybe we will see. Because yeah, it's only like fucking ninety-two minutes. Thank you for making a movie that's not two and a half fucking hours long. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my bladder can shout, only take so much. Shout out to you, Sony. Shout out to you, Sony. Thank you, you for doing minimal work for I, maximum <laughs> effort. You, y'all, 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 the real ones, but just for this movie, just just for this movie. Uh, what else we got for news this week? Um, news wise, we did get uh, the Star Wars Visions, uh, the short, uh, independently animated short films, uh, did release on Disney Plus last week. I thought they were just going to do one episode per week. They dropped all nine at the same time. They all have varying run lengths. I think the longest one is just over twenty minutes. Um, and I haven't watched them all, but the few I have watched are good quality as far as the animation's beautiful. The stories are very basic. Um, two of them in particular that I did like, it seemed like they just compounded elements from Star Wars, the first six films, and kind of made them into short movies. Like, there's one where it seems very reminiscent of Anakin's arc. Okay. From, from, but... It's fucking. It makes my stomach turn because 
it was done in 12 minutes so much better than what we saw in episode three. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Like, no joke. He, it's like this rogue Jedi who goes in to help a princess that they established through little, little cutbacks. Like, they wanted to be in a relationship, but they didn't do to their responsibilities. Right. And they go and they find that they're trying to take this city back from this evil Sith. And when he gets there, they're fighting the Sith. The Sith, like, abducts the princess, right? And as this Jedi is chopping down this Sith's acolytes, he hits one. Lo and behold, it's the princess with a mask on. So he killed the princess. And then he pleads with the Sith to bring her back. And he will do that if the Jedi joins him as his apprentice. Hmm. So the Sith actually brings the princess back to life. But the caveat is if he like goes against the Sith Master, he will then take the life essence away from the princess again. Interesting. So it's such a simple little twist, but it like I, I felt like it answered so many loose ends. Like, yes, like imagine if Padme did die by what? Anakin's hand by accident, which she technically did. But like if he but, did uh, it, right? Like if he like Blatantly, choked her or killed right, her, right, right. But by accident, and then he pleads with Sidious to bring her back, and he does. And then he's like, "Well, you can only, only if you are." Loyal to me, will I keep her essence alive? And you could have put her in like a Bakta tank or something, so she's not in the story from almost like a Victor Freeze. Like right, right. he's staring there, staring at her her body, and it's in a light. Like that would have been. Imagine like you walked in on Vader's castle and there was just Padme in like a Bakta tank. Right. Like just simple little twists. And then they have another one where it felt very Star Wars, like the original trilogy. Now, are they using the names of Star Wars characters? Or these no, are these are completely characters? different characters. Very heavily anime-inspired. Like, even the Jedis, they look more like samurais than okay. Jedis. But it's pretty—they're they're well done. They, I mean, they do use lightsabers. They did this cool little thing with, in another one where, like, the girl lights a lightsaber, and she's like, oh, this one's not long enough. And it like you could see the blade, and it just kind of fizzles out, and then she's using it, and it's like not doing anything. Like it, it's mm. it has no power, and it's kind of like black, right? And like her father, who like makes the lightsabers, he tells her he's like, "Oh well, everyone has the force, the ability to have the force, but it's when you hone it and you learn to control the force that you can then dictate the color of your lightsaber as well as the length and the the ability for it to." The power of it, like the strength of it. Okay. So I thought that was funny. It's like no magical Ray uh, MacGuffins. Just, just like just show up. I'm and... powerful because I'm powerful. Right. Big deal. So what? <laughs> How about it? How about so it? The, and they also kind of play very loose with the continuity of the Star Wars universe. Like they're, they kind of play like, yeah, kind of loosely. But okay. they're they're entertaining for like little one-offs. Um, from the ones I've watched, none of them are really related to one another. The only thing I saw that was related was there's one where it's like a group that are getting together to form a rock band and the one member owes Jabba the Hutt money. Okay. So Jabba sends like Boba Fett and I want to say Bosk 
a couple other bounty hunters to like get him, and they capture him. Oh, they actually used those characters. Or they they did, yeah, they in that particular short. Um, and they get him, and then like the rest of the band like succumbs to Jabba, and like we'll play you a uh, we want to play this song, and you can keep the song if you you know just because our friend wants to play with us one last time before you kill him, right? And then, like, it's kind of like Gladiator where, like, the whole crowd loves the song. So then Jabba's like, ah, I won't kill him. I'll just keep him as my slave. <laughs> and you'll be my band now forever. <laughs> Very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, I got to make it. They're the, definitely worth the, the – some of them are That's something I, wa- I would make the time to watch versus, yeah. like, a what if. They, yeah. like, that's something I would definitely make an effort to, to sit down and watch. Yeah. So the few I've seen, they're, they're not – they don't blow your socks off, but they're they're entertaining and mm. – Right. Animation's beautiful on them, so good. Yeah, good, good, good. Good to see it taken in a different direction. Yeah. So there was that. Um, what else? My goodness, I was say it's pretty Slow. mild. No toys. Now, um, got some. Uh, just today, they released prototypes of the Token Razar, um, cartoon figures from NECA. Okay. They've done movie figures. They were uh, they were released a while ago. They've just skyrocketed. They keep climbing in price because they only had them available for like a week pre-order purchase maybe two weeks and once that week was over you couldn't buy them anymore uh, i do have those ones they're amazing um but cartoon ones look pretty cool they just released the unpainted prototypes of those um a lot of lego rumors going around but nothing concrete yet uh they're amping up for their holiday season the only promotion I saw that looked interesting leading to the holiday season was like a free Harry Potter set. Yeah. If you get $100 worth of Harry Potter stuff. So a little like uh, it's like the hot Harry and Ron and their chambers at Gryffindor. Okay. So it's a nice little add-on if you're building onto your castle, a nice little room. Oh, that's, that's a cool Actually, That's a pretty yeah. cool concept Yeah. for that. Yeah, that's one thing that they kind of do cool with the Harry Potter stuff is you get like these little rooms of the castle and then you can just keep building onto your Hogwarts. You just slap it on. Yeah, yeah. that's really neat. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So. That's it? Yeah, that's, uh, that was about Did it. you see, I know we don't do video games much. Um, oh, yes. Yes. But, I'm, I'm actually pumped because my middle daughter loves Super Mario. I don't even fucking know why. She just loves it. Like, one day I was, I just walked in and she was watching the old Captain Lou Albino show on it was like That's on awesome. netflix and she was watching i'm like what are you watching she's like i like mario i'm like why you have, there's like no there's no, <laughs> no like, connection no, right like you don't we play... have a nintendo switch but like you're always playing animal crossing you're never playing mario right i don't get it yeah that's cool to see i mean that that was that... Like the one year she was princess peach for halloween right she she loves princess daisy i'm like what six-year-old even knows who princess daisy is this not, not many no, not many no but uh, we did get the the cast announcement for I'm the new Super Mario Brothers I'm movie. I know a lot of people aren't. No, they don't like the castings. I don't know why. So obviously, uh, I, I love Charlie Day, Luigi. I think he'll be great. I think that's good. Uh, who is Peach again? Uh, let me look it up. I'll Google. Obviously, it. the big one everybody is upset about is Chris Pratt as Mario. Like, I don't get it. Like, it's just, a voice role. It's not like he's suiting up. I don't know what to say about it. I, I, I don't know what to say about it. I really don't. Yeah, it, it is a voice role. Everyone yeah. want Danny DeVito? Are you serious right now? No. Danny DeVito. People want Danny DeVito. Do they just to... want him because of his relationship with Charlie Day and Sonny? Like, they're like, oh, they'll riff off each other real well because they do. And it's always I, Sonny you, in Philadelphia. I, I can't picture him 
being like Yahoo, like ah oh, Yahoo. He would yeah, <laughs> like he would, doing he Mario. Would be like he would be like the old curmudgeon Mario, which is okay for like a side character. Like he was great as the Lorax in the Lorax, but the whole show wasn't about the Lorax. He was just like the side character that kind of gave you the bullet points. Yeah. Oh my god. Some of this, like I'm just. It's like Chris Pratt's voice is he carried the Lego movie like the range he has in his to emote and his voice for animated movies is great. Chris Pratt is getting buried. Oh, my God. New York Post. Super Mario Bros. Casting anger to Italians and Nintendo fans. Chris Pratt is Mario. Anya Taylor Joy is Peach. Oh, that's who it was. I love her. Charlie Day is Luigi. Jack Black is Bowser. Oh, Wait, that's Keegan, great. Well, hold on. Keegan Michael Key is Toad. OK, that's yeah. a good. That's good. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Fred, Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek. And Sebastian Maniscalco is, is Spike. Nice. I don't know. I don't know if I... Eh, I said Keegan-Michael Key is cool as Toad, but... Toad is, <laughs> isn't Toad, like, super meek? Like He's just kind of like, help me. <laughs> it, well, this is the difficult thing. is because when, why, Partially the reason why I don't understand the upset is because they don't talk in the games. They make grunts. They make groans. They have like one line, and then that's it. Mm, yeah, but that like, but a lot of times they're given like text that you read, and you know, in your mind, you were reading Ah, Luis, yeah, right. But Mario does. He talks now in the N sixty four game. Yeah, ever since then, that kid's like every time you walk by fucking Mario Racer. Ah, it's me, Mario. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just. But yeah, you're right. They just make like grunts and groans. I remember playing Mario Kart for the Wii, and it's just like, yeah, they just make like. And that's it. Like, yeah. it's, it's not like a full on like dialogue like a lot of like no. a lot of characters, lead characters are. But yeah, so I think they're trying to go the Sonic the Hedgehog route, where they just complain about it on the internet and just get try to get it changed. I don't know. Try and get it changed. It, I mean, it worked. I think for the uh, positively for, the for Sonic. Yeah, but they they just changed the visual the design. They're design, not costing yeah. someone their job a job. No. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope they keep that cast because I think it's a good cast. I think so too. I think it's a fun cast. And so, I, I mean, this is it's. I mean, Nintendo said that after the the debacle of the early '90s, that they would never make a Super Mario movie right. ever. It's huge that they're doing it. And it is huge, and obviously they want it to be successful because of the expansions that they're making to a lot of the Universal Studios parks with. You know, Nintendo World. Right. So they want something more that the kids can latch on to. Like, that, that's the one thing. I You got to take a step back. Like, hey, guys, this Super Mario movie isn't for you. It's for kids. It's going to get a G rating. Right. It's animated. And the kids are going to love it. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to have subtle nods and references to either old gameplay or maybe old cheat codes or something. Oh, I'm sure. But it's yeah, they're trying to breach it, like branch out. Like some no. things are not meant for, for the you know thirty, forty year old person who grew up with it. No, I I I, I, agree. I think people just like I just feel like people like to be mad nowadays about yeah, certain, certain things yeah. that don't matter. Like you know what? Like like if you don't like a casting decision, don't see the movie. Yeah. Right, just don't see the movie. Like everybody just ganging up on people on Twitter. I don't like this casting. Fire them from this spot. Like get somebody else. What? Yeah. 
I'm sure they did their due diligence with casting. Yeah, I'm sure, sure it wasn't that, a bad yeah. choice. I don't. I just everybody just doesn't seem to like Chris Pratt anymore, and I, I don't understand. I didn't see his movie on Amazon uh, Prime, but I heard it was actually pretty good. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Chris Pratt's a tremendous actor. I do love the Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. Sign me up all day. <laughs> He's good. He's definitely carried him on his on his back. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for news, everybody. I guess uh, nice, quick, easy today. Yeah, I'm no, gonna read nothing, some comic books. I'm cool with it. Fancy schmancy. I'm cool with it. All right. Last week, last week I read Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, three seventy four. This week, the conclusion, three seventy five. Giant size 30th anniversary um, edition of The Amazing Spider-Man. I used to have this physical comic book. I wish I never got rid of it. It's a beautiful book, shiny gold cover, um, but it's just such, it's just it's such a cool cover. Oh, that is a cool cover. It's really neat in person. I I might still have it in there. I don't know, but um, but it opens up with Eddie Brock Venom. He's got uh, he captured the Parkers, Peter Parker's parents. He's holding by the face and he, you know telling him you belong to us. And uh, the the thing comes off, and they're, they're all the, his parents are all scared. They're terrified, and and they're like, "Why? Why do you want us to? Why do you hate Spider Man? What's the connection with Spider Man? And, and uh, why do you hate him so much?" And he's like, "You mean he didn't tell you? You know, no, I'm not going to tell you either. Like he didn't obviously didn't admit that he knew. You know that he's like surprised that Peter's parents don't know he's Spider Man. Hmm. So, uh, which is interesting. But Venom does pre, pre- you know it would. Uh, he does protect that. Spider-Man's swinging around. They cut to him. And, uh, you know, he's looking for answers. He actually finds an ex-wife of Eddie Brock and uh, tries to, you know, has a discussion with him to try and, you know, find out just more about him. Because at this point, Spider-Man doesn't know a whole lot about Eddie Brock. He knows that, you know, the the whole, um, was it Sin Eater story? You know, that they, they cost Eddie Brock his job and his, his career and reputation, but... He doesn't really know the person, Eddie Brock. So, um, so yeah, he's trying to uh, just learn a little bit about him. Meanwhile, they show J. Jonah Jameson. He's on a phone call with Silver Sable, who is supposed to send um, send some uh, some goons to to New York City. And I, it, we don't know what they're after, but J. Jonah Jameson has some kind of deal lined up, apparently. We, we do find out about it a little bit later. Uh, Spider-Man has his meeting with, uh, with, with the ex-wife. And uh, then he goes and he, he finds his theme, the, the the abandoned theme park where Venom's kind of hiding out, keeping him uh, stored. Uh, Venom, the symbiote Venom senses uh, Spider-Man's arrival when he walks out there. It's really cool. I always liked how like Venom could just be like a suit, like like an actual like like clothing. Like he's just literally walking up in a jacket with the Venom logo on it. It looks like it, cool. it looks really neat. Um, Designer clothing. Yeah, and I'd buy it. <laughs> Many people do I, Venom, I, Venom I would, symbols on everything Oh yeah, it's fun Maybe a little too mainstream now, but it's fun um, So whatever, they they converse And then uh, and then Venom kind of it, the, the symbiote takes over But all of a sudden um, His ex-wife shows up behind him And she's trying to talk him uh, Talk him out of, you know, out of killing Spider-Man It's like, what are you, what are you trying to do? Spider-Man, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a Good person, like what are you trying to do? And then while she's trying to console him, uh, Eddie Brock Venom gets blasted by some of the Silver Sables, um, the the Wild Pack. All right, they have oh, Sonic yeah, guns. Nice. Yeah, they have Sonic guns. This is where it gets it gets crazy. So Venom's pissed. 
He's like, Spider-Man, Annie, you're, you're in on this. You set me up. This is actually what J. Jonah Jameson was calling about. They want to capture Venom yeah. for a Daily Bugle um, thing. And then Venom it, Venom doesn't go to attack the Wild Pack. He starts punching Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's just like, man, he wants to kill me. Like, it's bad. Like, Venom's just vicious. Uh, Venom's about to, like, bite Spider-Man's throat, and he gets blasted with a sonic gun by, uh, by Battlestar. Yeah, he's uh, he's in the. I've been reading the. I have the whole run of Silver Sable in the Wild Pack from the nineties. Okay, he's yeah, he's in there. And that's and the I one was, that was in Captain. Yep, I was reading it. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, it's Battlestar from the Captain America yeah. Winter Soldier series. Yeah, he po- he pops Venom in the mouth with like a triangular um, Star Spangled Banner shield. Yep, um, which is pretty cool. He bashes him in the face. Uh, you know, they're talking with Spider-Man, and, and Spider-Man's like, you know, he's pissed that he finds out that, you know, J. Jonah Jameson hired these hired these goons to, uh, you know, to kind of hunt Venom. And Spider-Man actually starts fight back a little bit. It's it's kind of neat. Not, not that Spider-Man and Venom are teamed up, but Spider-Man's fighting off uh, the wild pack now. He's punching them. Venom's, Venom's obviously fighting back on him, and uh, it's... It's just cool to see like them united. Like imagining where they are at this point in comic book lore. Yeah, you know, hate bitter rivals, and they're they're all teaming up in a sense. And then uh, they see the Parkers were free, and they're in go- they're surrounded by flames. And Venom actually goes into the fire and and saves the Parkers because they're they're innocents. But um, but yeah. So mid swing, Spider Man's uh, swinging around. He's uh, he's going to fight. He kicks one of the, the the Wild Pack, and then Venom's like back. He goes, okay, I gotta finish this. He you know, he he tackle he, he knocks Spider Man through like a stack of boxes, or he's in some kind of room, looks like an old carousel, and yeah, they're going just back and forth. Uh, Venom goes to charge. Spider Man shoots his web out, grabs him in the chest, and slings him into a Ferris wheel, um, breaking the structural steel. And, uh, and so that becomes a little bit of a plot point. Spider Man pops him in the face. It gets really, it gets like, it gets bad. But Venom's going in for the kill again. He actually grabs Spider-Man by the face, the symbiote, and golfs Spider-Man's skull. And as he's choking him, um, he gets blasted again. Venom gets blasted again by another sonic gun from one of the Wild Pack. And this time it weakens the, the symbiote so much that uh, that, that Eddie Brock's kind of really out there. He's just kind of vulnerable. He, no help from the symbiote at all. Uh, the Ferris wheel that Spider-Man slung Venom into is uh, is starting to collapse. And, of course, Venom's ex-wife Annie is there. And uh, Eddie heroically goes to stand up. He's trying to prop it up, and uh, you know he's like, "Oh, sound weekend, my other, and I'm I'm not strong enough. I I, I can't save you." And then Spider Man jump like this is like a really cool moment. Spider Man uh, jumps over and he goes, "Then maybe we can push Eddie. Give it all you've got together now." And they push the uh, they push the uh, Ferris wheel away from Annie. And uh, is she and okay? She's okay. Is she okay, Annie. <laughs> He literally says, Annie, are you okay? <laughs> That's one of the quotes in it. She goes, yeah, I think so. And Venom you goes, have to put that in there. <laughs> you have to. Have to. And Venom goes, wonderful, because all that extra has given us quite the appetite. Annie goes, blast it, Eddie. They say you're crazy, but you've never been you've never been stupid. Don't you see what Spider-Man just did? And Eddie, get, he, the symbiote, you know, goes back and he goes, he, he saved an innocent life. And she goes, just like he always does, Eddie, just like you do. And then he goes, so if we killed him now, all the innocent he might save in the future would die. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. We were blind. But now we see. Venom, the, the symbiote comes over. He goes, all right, Spider-Man. 
Let's make a deal. You don't come after us. We don't come after you. Fair enough. And Spider-Man's like, oh, it'd be really nice to not have Venom chase after me forever. We all know that this doesn't last yeah. a long time. But all right, done. They shake hands, and Venom uh, Venom disappears. Venom Was disappears. this the start of, like, the Lethal Protector? Yes. This okay, is when so he, he moves out, out to San there. Francisco. Um, nice. Lethal Protector and... I think separation anxiety is not too long. I can't remember when separation anxiety, but lethal protector. This is the this is the beginning of it. Nice. Um, and then after, you know, of course, after not too long after this is, I think the following year is when Maximum Carnage begins. Venom comes back because of because Carnage, of Carnage. Yeah. So, um, really, just really cool storytelling. Like, I felt emotion. Like, yeah. you know, you know, reading this book, I'm like, man, it's so cool because Venom is the most popular. Um, in my opinion, maybe to to this day still, probably the most popular Spider-Man villain ever. But he's he's relatable, he's likable because he has this. Um, I don't even think people view him as a, a villain anymore. They don't. I think it's the anti-hero. Yeah. The movies definitely changed that. But I've always even like before the movies. I feel like people would view him as a anti-hero. Right. Yeah, you're with the comics and some of the yeah. comic runs that they gave him. That is true. Um. But you know what? He's always he's he's been a sympathetic. He was a sympathetic villain. Mm-hmm. You know, he really was. He was attached to the symbiote, which made him violent. But his only yeah, they, real they 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 laid the groundwork because if this entity was villainous enough to corrupt Peter Parker and Spider Man to do things that he didn't want to do, of course, someone who's got lower morals than Peter is going to also be subject to. You know, doing things that they don't necessarily want to do, but the symbionts making them do it. Right. So. So yeah, I, I love I love this arc. I think it was a really cool two part series, and um, and yeah, it sets up a lot of big stuff for 1993. Nice. For you know, of course, that big Maximum Carnage storyline. So nice. Uh, so that's my book. Nice. What do we got? Part four today. Uh, part- today is actually, but before I read mine, not last week, Baron and I left here, and we were kind of at odds on the ride home because he just slandered my Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> And they did come back and finally win this week. They did. Congratulations. So, but we, 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 we hashed it out, and he, he assured me that this week he was going to read something that would not damper my spirits but lift them. So I'm going to turn it over to Baron. He's sitting over okay. there. So, Baron, what do you got for us today? Hey, buddy. Mm. Yes. Mm. Well, Smitty, I did feel a little, a little sorrow for the way I made you feel. It was not my intent, you see, not my intent to make you feel so blue. <laughs> but uh, today, I know I know you're going away to your world of Disney, of Walter's world. And uh, I know that you have two kitty cats, right? What, uh, Munchausen and Pterodactyl are your cats, yes. Well, I know that you're quite concerned for their well-being while you are away, and yes, you have someone coming to feed them, and I will stop in from time to time to make sure that the poop doesn't get all over the carpets and the chairs and such, and that the sand is full and clean. So I thought I would read this. Now, this is, again, from the far side with Mr. Larson, you see, and you're going far to Florida. Uh, be careful. They're crazy down there, I've been told. But this far side, you see, uh, it shall strike a chord with you emotionally. Uh, such as Matthew was struck in with that last read of that venomous character in The Man of Spiders. So, okay. So, mm, let me paint the picture here. Mm, um, you see, there seems to be a set of stairs. A dark, dingy set of stairs. Leading down, down, down. And written on the wall, it says, Cat, 
food. But food is misspelled, you see. An ignoramus has spelled it. It's spelled F-U-D. Food. Cat fud? Cat fud. But there's an arrow pointing down, down to the depths of hell of this random room. And on the door leading into this room, there's another cat fud with another arrow suggesting to go into this room. And we see two white as can be, white as snow, rectangles, one of which has a circular door. Hmm. I believe they are used for washing and drying your clothes from time to time when they get filthy. And right in front of the one with the opened circular door, it says, Catford, pointing inward. Hmm. Interesting. And on this door, it says Catford, pointing into this white rectangle. Now, standing in front of this open circular entry into this white snow rectangle, here stands a feline, orange feline, with some stripes. Oh, but what is that I see hiding in the corner? Seems to be another species. A canine species, you see. And he's whispering to himself, Oh, please. Oh, please go in there, kitty cat, so I can close the door on you. And put the fluffy cycle on. <laughs> Baron, that, doesn't, that does not make me feel good about <laughs> leaving my cats alone at all. You lied to me. You straight up lied. No, you see, be fluffy. Fluffy and new when you get home, you see. It'll be so soft. When you pet him, this static cling will get everywhere. Your hair will grow, and uh, you'll feel the pricklies on your arms. Yes, your arm hair will stand up. It'll be great, you see. <laughs> You're welcome. Well done, Baron. Well done. Good job. You're getting there. You're getting there. He's getting he's, He paints a good picture. I'll give him that. Yeah. yeah okay. So... Well, thank you for that uh, unnerving read, Baron. Uh, but I am going to today continue my my uh, reading of the death of Superman. Uh, this is actually the fifth uh, comic, and then two more to go. So we'll finish those two up when I get back. Um, but this is um, from Superman in Action Comics number six hundred and eighty four. Okay. Um, and as if you remember, we last led off. With uh, the whole Justice League being tattered to shreds by Doomsday, Superman leaping off to try to stop him from going into a highly, more highly populated area, and a poor house with a mother, a single mother, a baby, and her bratty teen that kid. named Mitch, hey. and their house just exploded. So we uh, we open up with a shot of Doomsday leaping through the air with his his costume in tatters. We see half his face, half his body, and Superman flying behind him. And we hear the internal voice of our Mitch. It is totally nuts. I come home from school and get another fight with my mind. And then all at once, a freaking Justice League crashes down on us with this thing called Doomsday. I mean, the house is a disaster. There's flames everywhere. Oh, doomsday guy beat the shit out of everybody. Beat up guy. God, uh, I killed those two babes, I think. Fire and ice. They're, they're not moving. And then and then Booster Gold's sitting over there, and he I bet he wishes that he was croaked. 
And then the next shot, we see Superman. He has caught up to Doomsday, and he's punching him in the face, and Doomsday's flying through the air, but we still hear the internal thoughts of Mitch. Oh, no, I can hear my ma calling out to me, and I answer her, but I can't help her. Oh, my baby sister. Oh, the thick, thick, thick black smoke. I can't. I, I can see. Oh, it's Superman. He's up in the sky. I hear the sound of his fist all over that doomsday prick. Oh, please, God, let him hear my cries. And we cut to their house. It's it's burning really bad. Uh, it's in shambles. No one can hear me help and cry for help. They're all, oh, no, I can't get to them. And then we hear Superman's inner thought, and he says, oh, I hope no one, I hope someone else can help them. Uh because I will never reach it in time. Uh, it seems like the the whole deal has been going on for hours, though it's probably only been minutes. And then we see Mitch's mom. She's trying to fight her way through the fire. She's crying out to Mitch, and Mitch, she's, It's Superman, please! You gotta help us! My mom, she's trapped in there, Superman! Superman, you're the only one who can help us! And then we see Booster Gold going over to fire, and he's trying to tell her, oh, we got to get that kid some help. And then we see Ice. She's helping up Guy Gardner, and uh, she knows that she's her ribs are in bad shape, but she's got to help Guy Gardner up because she knows that, you know, she's got to get him going because she uh, knows Blue Beetle is in a coma. She goes, I can't have another one go in a coma. And then we see Mitch again, and he's got tears welling up in his eyes. And he goes, my voice is going from from breathing all this smoke, but I got to keep yelling unless unless Superman's not listening, maybe. No, no, he's got to be listening. He's a hero. He's supposed to help us. Maybe that doomsday thing's beating the crap out of him. Then what am I going to do? Help my Superman, please, please. Then we see Superman up in the sky, and he realizes that he can still hear the Mitch calling for help, and he goes, nobody else is going to help him. I got to fucking do this. Obviously, he's saying it with the Superman eloquency. Yeah. But uh, he I says. I can saying the F word. Yeah. He's, damn. Oh, he said, damn. Oh, gosh. gosh. That's, Gee willikers. That's, that's, that's says, a custom. damn. Gardner and the rest are unconscious. I've got to get back down there and help him. And then Doomsday punches him. And Superman's like, I can't believe how fast and how strong he is. But he comes to the conclusion that he thinks that Doomsday doesn't fly. He just leaps at incredible bounds. So he says, as long as I can hold tight, he'll be at my mercy. And he drives him into the lake. And he like burrows him into the silt at the bottom of the lake, trying to make it so he won't have the leverage to push off to get back. And he might have a few minutes that he can help this family. And then we see, we hear Mitch's internal thoughts again. Oh, I just pray that I've still got time to help my ma. And she, his mom is sitting there holding the baby. Oh, no, there's a crack. Please tell me that's not the sound of the beams cracking to fall on me. And then we hear hope is not lost. And who is it? It's Bloodwind. Oh, he's still standing. Oh, thank God. He's my thank favorite. Thank God Bloodwind is still there. And he, he gets the beams and he throws them away. And the woman tries to thank him. And he says, but thanks, Superman, as well. And Superman swoops in and he grabs Mitch's ma And he grabs Mitch's baby sister. <laughs> and he gets them to safety. And 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 the, the woman goes, where's my boy Mitch? Where's Mitch? Superman, he's down there with the EMS crew. And then Mitch says, I did say my ma my baby sister. It's so great. And then we see Mitch thanking Superman, Mitch's mom thanking Superman. We see Guy Gardner. We see 
Booster Gold and Fire all on gurneys getting wheeled into the EMS. Bloodwind, he's he's he he refuses medical help. He says, No, 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 I don't no, I I I desire no medical treatment. I wish to be alone. And he teleports somewhere and Guy Gardner's like, What the hell? He just he teleported out of here without getting help? I don't like the cut of his jib. <laughs> And then Guy Gardner tells Superman, he's like, you better get over there and kick Doomsday's ass, because if you don't, I'll get off this gurney and I'll kick both your asses. And then Superman, he realizes that he has to take things so Guy Gar- take care of things so Guy Gardner can let the doctors help him, because if he doesn't, Guy Gardner's just going to be a stubborn, stubborn old prick. <laughs> Uh, this was kind of a neat little throwaway line. Uh, Superman looks at the one EMT guy and he's like, you there have your local hospital contract Maxwell Lord in New York city to save these folks and get their medical records. Now to see if doomsday is still where I left him, but nope, doomsday popped out of the, out of the, uh, the lake there. And there's a helicopter above it. He just blasts through this helicopter, just shreds it. But Superman's luckily right there. He grabs one of the missiles he throws it at Doomsday in order to hurt him, and then he saves the two pilots. Um, and then we cut to the Kirby County Police, and uh, we see, um, you know, just normal policemen doing police things. And he's like, something tore up a stretch of the property out on Route One One Ten, Rusty. Lowell said a bunch of folk, including some of the Justice League, are being rushed to the hospital. We'll say, oh, you hear that kind of cartoon sound a bomb makes just before it. Well, should I should I crank up the civil defense siren, Chief? Maybe, maybe we should have gotten everyone to the basements. Oh, mother of pearl. And we see Doomsday crash on top of a police car right outside the office. He, These two officers go out and the, the dopier one. Oh, Chief, I think I'm going to need a bigger gun. And Doomsday is just sitting on top of the crushed police car. Superman comes in right after him. And Superman drives him through the pavement. And he says, that's it. The gloves are off. I'm tired of treading lightly. And he's just going to start really giving Doomsday his all. Uh, the one guy, the the main police chief, he's he goes, oh, hot damn, those good old boys are tearing up the streets. Get the governor on the phone. And he goes, look, Mr. Vice Lieutenant Governor, I'm telling you, this is going to be more than just a local emergency. If and you don't get the blasted National Guard here ASAP. And then we see Superman and Doomsday, their fight just blasts through the, uh, the police station, blasts through the other side of the police station. They learn nothing from that other house, nothing. <laughs> and then here comes another helicopter. But this time, Doomsday just grabs the uh, the Main Street light post, and he stabs underneath the helicopter, and then he's, like, whirling it around like a big old lollipop, <laughs> and he throws it off to the side. This time, this one explodes as well, but Superman, just like last time, he's there to grab both helicopter pilots to safety, and Doomsday is just being a badass, and we hear from off off panel, Stand there amid the destruction and revel in it, warrior. Your motives are unclear as yet, but if it is battle you crave, I, Maxima, am pleased to oblige. So she must be back from dropping Blue Beetle off at the hospital. And she uppercuts uh, Doomsday right out of the the panel there. Um, And then we cut to uh, the news station and we see Lois Lane trying to get to Jimmy Olsen. Um, 
so that they can go. She wants to put him in mortal peril so that they can go and cover this doomsday situation. Oh. <laughs> and this is kind of funny, especially to me, because the Cary Grant is the other one working at the news station. And she's like, oh, wait, hold on. He's just filming Turtle Boy. What the fuck is Turtle Boy? And then you see a picture of Jimmy Olsen wearing this awful Ninja Turtle car- <laughs> costume. And he's apparently starring in his own show called Turtle Boy. Oh. So Lois barges in and she's like, your lunch hour is in three hours long, Jimmy. Come on. We got an assignment. Perry, Perry wants us. He's got to be pissed. And, you know, Jimmy's just like, oh, man, this is my first TV show, Miss Lane. Oh, man. So she pulls him off. They go and they're watching another news broadcast that's um, giving us the details of Doomsday and the destruction. And then we see that Lex Luthor is watching the same um, news broadcast with Supergirl. So him and Supergirl are an item at this time. Ooh. And uh, Supergirl wants to go help, but Lex Luthor says, no, you can't go because you're going to be uh, Metropolis's last line of defense if Doomsday comes this way. So then we cut back to um, Doomsday fighting with Maxima, and she's kind of hanging in there with him. She blasts him through a, um, a convenience store window, and he knocks a bunch of cans over. Kind of reminded me of the fight scene in Man of Steel. They're just fighting in this small town and causing massive destruction to these poor small business owners' property that will never be reimbursed. Never! And then uh, Superman, he comes down, he kind of gives uh, lecturing to Maxim. He's like, you can't just punch him through... I'm sure there were people in there. And she's like, yeah, there's always... There's always... um, what did she say? There's always innocent victims in battle. So then Superman tries to stop her, and he's like, listen, we can't fight with ourselves. We have to team up to battle Doomsday. Well, Doomsday comes right back. He knocks both of them out. Superman's behind Doomsday, choking him, trying to hold him in place so Maxima can get a clean shot. But Doomsday ducks. Maxima punches Superman. He goes flying. Then Doomsday just picks up a van and knocks Maxima around with a van. He just hits her with the van, and then he crushes her with the van. And then uh, they keep fighting. Uh, Superman makes a comment that he thinks that he should start worrying about all the gasoline that's being released around them and maybe less on Doomsday. <laughs> so as he's fighting with Doomsday, we see Maxima pick up kind of like just like Doomsday did. She picks up the street sign that's connected to the light post and he goes, no, no, don't do that. That that yeah, that light post is going to cause sparks. And then there's a huge explosion. We see Superman lying. We see Maxima lying and we see Doomsday slowly getting up and walking off again. And then from there, we get a, a out of panel thought bubble um, where it says, I saw the thick black smoke from a mile away. I didn't need the sophisticated tracking equipment I had at my fingertips. I simply followed the smoke. Nothing could have prepared me for the sight that greeted me. The town's main street was devastated with debris strewn everywhere. It was as if a hurricane had swept through and in a way one had. The media had a name for it. Doomsday. Mm. And it's the Guardian coming in um, on his motorcycle. He helps up Superman. And he's like, what What caused all this? And Superman, he goes, oh, it's, it's, is Maxima okay? And Guardian says, yeah, I think she's... She's starting to stir, but I think she'll be okay. And Superman just realized at this point, he's like, "There's, he's just got to handle this on his own. Yeah. And uh, he's off to the next chapter. So to be concluded. He's getting, he's getting, he's getting the business. Yep. So that was, that, that was kind of cool. It was, like I said, I got like Man of Steel movie vibes. Um, 
Yeah, just it's fun rereading this. Dude. I like it because I mean, this is like a it, like I feel the frustration, like kind of like reading this in a way. Yeah, if you know what I, I'm saying, like like Superman's like he's trying to get Doomsday, but so much stuff is going wrong on the side, and it's just like, man, the dude just can't catch a break. He just wants he just wants to fight Doomsday, but like I feel that this did this this painted Superman in an epic battle better than Man of Steel did. Where it's like, people might be reading this and like, ah, I just want to see Superman fight this fucking monster. Yeah. But like, it starts with him helping the little boy. And then, you know, it goes to him helping the hopeless man against those mutants. And Doomsday's presence is always looming. And then he's helping this just random family. Right. In the, he, like, he, he, he you know, I feel like Superman's always been torn. He's always such a, a goody. Like the Boy Scout, he's the Boy Scout, so he's gonna, is. he's gonna, like, even when he stops Maxim, he's like, you can't just blast him through a fucking window to kill him. Like, you're gonna kill other people, and she's like, well, whatever. The cost of few will outweigh the cost of many. Um, so it's, it's like I feel like it paints Superman. Like you, you feel his, his frustration. Like you said that he's, he's trying to to fight this. He's never really fought someone before where it's like he can't stop them. And he before would be like, okay, I punch this guy and he'll be down for a while and I can go save XYZ, LMNOP, all these people. Yeah. And then I come back and they're, I could easily just kick their ass again. Whereas with this, it's like, no, it's Doomsday is unrelenting and he views these people that he normally would like save fly in and save without any second thought. Like he's like, do I, uh, I, I really expendable need to, casualties. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really test. It's a big test of his character. Yeah. So like I said, the anxiety, like, I, like I said, as you're reading it, it's not the way you're reading it, but it's like just the way that the book's written. Yeah. I can feel like the anxiety yeah. in a, in a, in a, in a way. So, uh, very good. Very good. But that is a wrap everybody on this week's episode of the panel discussion. Uh, we'll again, we'll be out for the next two weeks. Two He's weeks. Gonna be going Disney world. Um, I'll be doing it solo if I got to, but hopefully we have a uh, a returning co-host uh, with us, hopefully, supposedly. But next week is the beginning of our Spooptober month. We are going back to um, spooky books, of course, when Will gets back. We're going to be finishing up Superman, but uh, we'll be doing Doomsday a- spooky as shit. He's, Look at him. I dare say so. Oh, I- he's not even on the cover. <laughs> Why is I- Superman bleeding black? He's an alien. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so uh, in closing, as always... Now this is podcasting. Yes, it is.